0: Episode 140 Breaking Down the Types of Loans Available to Home Buyers, Part 1 of 3 Conventional Loans. As we enter into the first week of February, the spring real estate market is right around the corner, and this is the time of year where buyers and sellers are preparing for the upcoming increase in market activity. If you are a buyer, now is the time. Now is the time (laughs) for you to get your finances in order. Start getting pre-approved with a lender so you can begin looking at homes once the actual spring market actually arrives. Today, we're going to start this three-part mini-series breaking down the details of the three most common types of loans buyers can get when it comes to purchasing a home. My name is Lou Lombardi. Now, here is your real estate guru Mr. Jason Wilcox, how you doing, buddy?
1: I am doing well. This is uh, th- this is the financial or the uh, the real estate guru that does not have his SHIT together. <laughs> as you were doing the introduction, I was like, "Oh crap, I forgot I had materials I wanted to use." So you're probably wondering what the hell's going on. You're doing the introduction, and all of a sudden you just see my butt. I, I because just I'm like. Were-
0: I, <laughs> I just was like. You- God.
1: God. <laughs> I forgot I needed my book to to, to get started with this with the, with this uh, this series. So I was like, oh no, I'm gonna try to do it before he before he gets thrown the introduction, so we don't have to stop and re-record.
0: <laughs> I just thought you got up to dance to the intro song. That's all. Uh,
1: that well, <laughs> well, you know, nothing makes me want to dance more than conventional loans. Come on, so. <laughs> But I I am doing well. I am doing well, despite this lovely Pittsburgh day that we're having. Full disclosure, we're recording this at the end of January. And it's like one of those like half, half snow turned to rain, kind of slushy. It might get colder. It might turn to ice. I don't know. It might turn to sleet. Who, who the hell knows? It's just kind of like all the weather converging, you know, together at once to be dumped upon us. So, you know, I... Other than that, lovely mess outside. I am doing well because I'm inside. I'm not outside. And uh, Lou, you're inside too. So hopefully you're doing well <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Yes, I am doing well. And uh, I uh, when my assistant texted me... Um, what was going on with the roads and everything early this morning, I was like, yay.
1: (laughs) I'm in the collision. This is, this is great for you. Isn't it? Like personally speaking, this is very good for your business. Yeah. I'm
0: in the collision repair business. That's part of my, uh, uh, what we do. And so, you know, we're always, we don't want to see anybody get hurt or anything like that, but, uh, we do look forward when we get weather like this, uh, getting some toe ins and stuff like that. Yes. So oh, a anyways, a little slip and slide. A little
1: slip and slide. Slip and slide. Yeah, yeah, slip. yeah, yeah, yeah. We want everyone to be safe. We want everyone to be safe, but a little slip and slide, a little fender bender, um, little fender bender.
0: All right, so the spring market is coming. And and as we've talked about before, Jason, right, Like the first thing you do, and I've heard you even say it at our B&I meetings, and yes. I've even heard uh, Jim uh, Martin echo it, that get the whole financial thing, know your financial yes. sort of picture, you know, and, you know, have a yes. sort of all set up of who you're going to work with, what's going to happen, how much you can get, blah, 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 before you go out yes. and get your heart set on some half a million dollar home and find
1: out you can only afford $150,000 something right. or other. Okay? Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. And, and even to kind of take it one one step even further, you know, we just wrapped up uh, a series uh, that we did for sellers about you know the different reasons why you might list a home to kind of help prep us for the spring market. So now we're shifting our focus to the buyers and talking a little bit about the specific types of mortgages that are out there to help you for the spring market. Because again, these episodes are going to drop throughout the month of February and february is really the uh the prelude if you will to the spring market which is usually hitting in march and april so this will be great for if you're a first-time home buyer it's good to kind of understand the different options that are out there it's it's good to understand why these loans are different and why some of them are more uh strong than others so if you find yourself in a multiple bid situation and you if you have the option it could go one direction over another That's why you might want to do that. So we're focusing on the different type of loans that are out there just so you could be a little bit more knowledgeable as you get pre-approved and as you get ready to maybe purchase a home this upcoming
0: spring market. Sounds like a plan, Stan. So we are going to get into the first type,
1: which is a conventional Loan. Yes. Now, before we get into it, as a disclaimer, as I have often said many times on this program, I am not a lending expert. Let me be very clear again. I am not a lending expert. This is just more basic knowledge that. I have from years in the business, this is designed to be more informational. This is not designed to be, you know, specific to your situation. If you want specifics towards your situation, you need to either call Jim Martin at Mortgage or John Kearney at, you know, Victoria Finance or whoever um, to get pre-approved and to get a better feel. This is just more designed to be informational, you know, and and, and FYI. If or, you or reach so, out
0: directly to you and you can hook them up yes. with the right people. Yes,
1: exactly. Let's, yeah, that makes exactly. it simpler
0: for people. Just reach out to me and I will I will connect you with with we 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 know great people.
1: Um yep. and right, yeah. one other quick yeah, sure. one other quick thought. Um we're covering over the next three weeks, we're covering uh conventional FHA and VA. It's good to just note that these are the three main types. These are the three that we see the most often. There are many other products out there. We're not gonna dive into them because they're so specific that they're not really a- applicable to the general population. Population. so do know that that's the other reason why you want to reach out to a lender because there are more than just these three out there but these are the three most common types that we're going to focus on so with that said now let's dive into <laughs> <laughs> so okay so
0: and 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 the other thing is like i i can't tell you you like in my business i can't I, you know I, I can't tell you everything about exactly because i run the shop i've got Text and everything to do the work. Right. So I can't, but I've been in it enough to be able to like speak with confidence on the yes. subject. So Jason is speaking with confidence on the yes. subject, but it's in order to get the actual thing going. We will need to refer you to, yes. to somebody like that. So, okay. So what is a conventional loan? Let's go ahead and get into that.
1: Yes. So uh, for the definitions of all the loans that we are uh, going to be exploring over the next couple of weeks, I am going to be quoting the financing residential real estate textbook. Uh, this wow. was uh, produced by Rockwell Publishing, the 20th edition. So if you're interested in more information, or if you're just a numbers nerd like I am, this book is awesome. Like there's so much just nerdy stuff in here. Uh, I've read all of it. It's like, I don't know, some like uh, 500, 600 pages, uh, total nerd bomber over here, but I love it. So Financing Residential Real Estate, Rockwell Publishing, 20th edition. They define a conventional loan, huh, and I lost it. I opened page. <laughs> I open up the page, conventional. Con. Here we go. C-O-N. Conventional <laughs> loan. I found it. I was looking. I was like, I was like, C O N S. I was like, no, it's C O N V. A conventional <laughs> loan is defined as an institutional loan that is not insured or guaranteed by a government agency. I'll repeat that again. Okay. Conventional loan is an institutional loan that is not insured or guaranteed by a government agency agency and um we're gonna talk a little bit about what that means at the end of the podcast so just know that it is not um insured or guaranteed by a government agency
0: okay that's what a conventional loan is all right so we have we know what we know that it is not insured by a government agency okay so let's uh, continue then into a little bit more detail. So we know, yes. now we need to know. Um, so you want to go right to the what the down payment is required? Yes. yes.
1: So what kind of down, down payment is required with a conventional loan? This is probably, if I have to choose the 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 most common myth buster that we have to work through as real estate agents. I would have to say if this is not the top, it's got to be probably in the top three, top five of the myth busters that we have to we have to um destroy. Most people think, oh, if you're a conventional loan, you have to go 20% down. And that is just factually incorrect. Okay. You do not have to go 20% down. The minimum If you qualify, there are conventional loan products out there with 3% down. So you can actually go as low as 3% down. Now, here's the ironic and kind of funny thing about conventional loans. Most of my buyers, most, will usually go some type of percentage with conventional loans. The most common ones that I see are conventional 3% down, conventional 5% down, conventional 10% down, and conventional 20% down. However, there are some times when I have buyers that want to buy a $300,000 house and they go, Hey, Jace, we got $50,000 to play with everything. And it's like closing costs, down payment, everything. And so then we just take that to the lender. We go, Hey, they got $50,000. What can we do with it? And they go, okay, you've got 8,500 in closing costs. That brings you down to two You've got left as a down payment okay. and it's not even a percentage. It's just, okay, that puts us somewhere in the ballpark of like 12 to 15% down. Um, so, so you can even do that. You could put a flat number, uh, but you need to make sure that um, whatever that flat number is, that you qualify. So if you're putting, you know, forty-two thousand five hundred dollars on a on a you know three hundred thousand dollar house, you have to make sure that you're qualified for at least ten percent down. And then if you put a little bit more down, that's fine. But the most common are three percent, five percent, ten percent, and fifteen uh, percent, and twenty percent. Those are kind of uh, the the. And I, occasionally I see twenty-five percent. And in a rare rare blue moon, I'll occasionally see fifty percent. So, and you can but. even put more down, you
0: know. Yeah. That that offsets what you're gonna, you know, be paying, you know, on a mortgage, of course, you know. So the more the more you can, right? Is better.
1: Yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. And, and, and let's be honest. I've I've even seen you know older folks that are maybe close to retirement and they've built up some some wealth over the years. You know they sell their current home and they go, oh yeah, I um, I'm I'm walking away with two hundred twenty five thousand uh, dollars from this house uh, and I'm buying a four hundred fifty thousand dollar patio home. I'm just gonna throw the two twenty five at the mortgage and you know take out whatever you need to in closing costs and I'll get a mortgage that's like you know around you know fifty percent loan to value um and they'll just throw at the whole thing because they just you know they have most of it but they don't have all of it so I've even seen older people do that too where they'll throw you know they'll throw a large chunk of money at it and they just like yeah we just don't have that last 100 125 hundred hundred and twenty five hundred and fifty thousand so we want to get a loan to cover that last little bit of difference. Oh yeah I've seen I've seen it all happen. So
0: Okay. All right. All right. Yeah there's a lot of different ways to work it. Um okay <laughs> What is mm-hmm. what is PMI? So let's confirm and, <laughs> PMI, not
1: PMS, not, not PMS. That's, <laughs> that's different. That's different. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. what is PMI? I think we've talked about this in the past. PMI stands for private mortgage insurance. OK, private mortgage insurance. Now, I never want to dis anybody in our in our lending field. I do not want to diss our leather lending brethren, so I will not speak ill will of how much I hate PMI, private mortgage insurance, but I do hate it. Um, private mortgage insurance is nothing more than an insurance premium tacked onto your mortgage payment that gets paid directly to the lender. And the whole concept of private mortgage insurance is that, let's be honest, the less you put down, the less you put down, unfortunately the weaker of a buyer you are. Okay. Obviously, you know, to the to the the bank or to the lending institution, you're nothing but a risk assessment. It's like, hey, I'm gonna give you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to buy this house. Am I gonna get my two hundred and fifty thousand dollars back? That that hmm. that's the basic question the, the lenders are asking. And so if somebody comes along and puts twenty-five percent down, it's reasonable to think that, oh, this person is a stronger buyer than someone who's only put putting 3% down. So private mortgage insurance is attached to anybody who is putting less than 20% down. Um, It is an insurance premium that gets paid directly back to the lender um, until such a time that you hit 80% loan to value, um, that is when it'll it'll fall off. So you will have private mortgage insurance if you put less than 20% down and It will stay on there until you reach 20% or 80% loan to value. 80% loan to value means you still have 80% left on your mortgage to pay. So just using easy, easy numbers, let's say you buy a $100,000 house, you put 10% down, that's $90,000. You start paying mortgage payments, you're going to have that mortgage premium uh, uh, insurance, that PMI, private mortgage insurance, um, until you hit 80% loan to value, which is $80,000. So once you pay that loan down from $90,000 to $80,000, that's when it'll fall off. Now, there are some tactics and some techniques that you can use to pay it off to to have that PMI drop off sooner. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Let's just say that if you want to explore how to get it paid off sooner, give me a call, we'll talk, but otherwise it should automatically fall off at 80%. However, I will tell you from personal experience, do not hesitate to follow up with your lender when you get to that point because just like the IRS they are very quick to find you when you owe them money but they are not as quick to find you uh when they owe you money so just again don't want to speak ill of our brethren only want uh, our lending brethren but just want to speak you know, truth power. (laughs) So yes, but in a conventional loan, it will eventually go away.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds like, and um, we're going to talk about seller assist with the conventional loan. Um, Can you just give a quick, you know, couple sentences of what
1: seller assist is again. We've talked about it before. Yes. Seller assist is where the buyer asks the seller to give them a credit at closing to help put towards closing costs. This is especially very common for first time home buyers who maybe don't have a whole lot of money saved up. You ask the buyer, or excuse me, the buyer asks the seller to to help contribute to the closing costs. And basically it's a credit to the buyer at closing and it's a debit to the seller. So again, easy numbers, you have a $100,000 house, $100,000 hundred thousand dollar sales price, but you ask the seller to give you three thousand dollars in seller assist. Basically you're offering a hundred thousand, but you're asking for three thousand dollars seller 97, assist. 000, really, yeah, yeah. A net a net offer of ninety seven thousand. And then on the buyer side, if the seller accepts it, there's a three thousand dollar credit. So it's three thousand dollars less they have to bring to closing. That's seller assist. Right. Okay. Okay. So and the, how does this work with the conventional? So conventional is the unique one. Okay. Conventional is the unique one. So there are actually three different levels to con- uh, conventional loans. If you are bringing anything less than ten percent down payment to closing, you can actually get up to three percent seller assist. Okay. So if you're putting ten percent less than ten percent, you can uh, get three percent
0: okay okay
1: if you are putting and i have to double check my math on this if you are putting 10 percent i believe it's all the way up to 24 percent down you can actually get six percent sellers assist and i've never seen this happen ever but i believe at 25 percent you can get 9% seller assist. Hmm. I will be very honest, I have never, ever, ever seen a a, a seller offer 9% seller assist. The most common that we see is if you're offering under 10% as a down payment, you can get 3%. And if you're looking to put 10 up to let's say 20%, you can get 6% seller assist. So, okay. 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 So,
0: so just quickly, the idea is because you are coming with so much more money that that's a sort of motivation for the seller to kind of like kick in a little bit. And so the deal gets done quicker, easier, less, no muss, no fuss. We all get it done and go about our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and, and just real quick, uh, uh, let me just throw this out there. Um, I'll give you actually a perfect example, a real world example of what I'm working on right now. People people go, well, shoot, if you've got 20% down, why would you need that much seller assist? Because you know, you have so much to play with, why would you just bring less down? There's two reasons. Number one is, remember, it's not just about how much money you're bringing to closing, it's about debt to income ratio. You may need that 20% because you may need your mortgage to be under a certain amount to meet the debt to income ratio criteria. The second reason, and this is actually what I'm working through right now, I've got a killer home I've got listed right now um, out in Bethel Park. I love this home. However the seller has made no beef that it was her parents home and it's it's structurally well built but it is very dated again great house really well built but it is dated um the first buyer that came along terminated over the home inspections didn't even give us a chance to negotiate um the the um The second buyer came along, reviewed the report and said, yeah, you know what? I'm good with this. Um, I just want some money so that I can take care of some of these issues that came up on the home inspection. And so that's why we, we negotiated something, so. Yeah, we negotiated that money off so that she could put towards you know some some bigger things that came up. You know, electrical work, you know, waterproofing things like that. So yeah, so sometimes that that happens too, where um, a buyer might negotiate a large chunk just so they could put towards repairs if it's an older home that needs some some love and some TLC. Okay, okay,
0: that that uh, that's all. That all sounds reasonable, as they say. <laughs> you know, nothing too crazy there. Um, okay, so. Um, Conventional loan make my offer stronger than if I were getting an FHA or VA. So why does that? Why why yes. is that lo- stronger than the FHA or the VA?
1: So let's go back to my original point okay. when I defined what a conventional loan was. A conventional loan was an institutional loan not backed by a government agency. That's what makes a conventional loan stronger than an FHA or VA. VA. Uh, the very short version, and we're gonna talk about this more in detail in the next two weeks, an FHA loan is not given by the FHA, it's given by a traditional lender, it's just backed by the FHA. Same with a VA loan. A VA loan is not given by the vet- Veterans Association, it's given by a lender, it's just backed by the VA. And the concept is, is that, you know these 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 loans were designed to help people with maybe not as great credit, not as much money, still get it into housing, basically making houseable housing affordable okay. to the middle and lower classes. Because the FHA loans are backed by the FHA, and because the VA loan is backed by the VA, which are both government agencies, um, there are stipulations put in play okay. where the FHA goes, okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ensure these loans that are coming through, but these are our rules. For us being able to insure these loans, and for F- or for VA loans, this is our, these are our rules. If we're going to back these these mortgages to make sure that nobody defaults, uh, and again, the the this this insurance is is for the lender, so that you know if a if a buyer defaults, the lender is going to recoup some of their money from either the FHA or the VA the VA depending on the, the applicable loan. But because the FHA and the VA are backing these loans, they make rules and they say we want you know, X, Y, and Z taken care of prior to closing. And so what happens is, is you have to have a special appraisal done for any FHA or VA loans. And they are stricter than Mm. a conventional loan appraisal. And they want to see the house in better shape and they want to see it more updated. Uh And that's where a conventional loan ends up becoming stronger because basically it's not insured. And so the bank goes, yeah, we don't care what the house is like. You've proven that you can bring us you know, money and you've proven that you're a strong buyer. We're not worried about you defaulting on your loan. So we don't really care what the house looks like because we trust that, you know, yes, while you might be shelling a lot of money into this house that needs a lot of repairs – we also are trusting that you're going to pay us back. So we're not really worried about that. And so it makes it a stronger offer. And Lou, as I know you can attest, you know, that's really important for a a city like Pittsburgh, because you get a lot of neighborhoods, especially you get into the city, you start getting into Mount Washington, the South side, um, you know, Troy Hill, Spring Hill, you get into, you get into some of these areas that the houses are not in the greatest shape. Right. And so they would be very difficult to get approved through uh, an FHA or a VA loan, especially if it's a house that was built in 1890. It mm. still has the old knob and tube yeah. um electricity. It's got, you know, the cast iron plumbing. There's just a lot of old two-prong outlets, which I'm pretty sure have not been applicable since nineteen seventy-eight. You know, <laughs> there's just a lot of things that really need updated. And so that's where a conventional loan can get stronger um, is that they don't care the the condition of the home and there's less restrictions uh, when it comes to the appraisal. So if you're in a multiple bid situation, it makes you a stronger uh, buyer as well.
0: Okay. All right. So all questions answered
1: Yes. <laughs> about that.
0: Um, what is, uh, do you have any final things that you want to add or maybe stuff we didn't touch on that maybe people should know about uh, conventional loans?
1: I think the biggest thing that I just like to, to to point out is that you know most people don't realize that you don't have to go 20%. You can actually go as low as 3% down conventional loan if you qualify, and we'll dive into this more later next week, but FHA is actually a minimum of 3.5%. Hmm. So if you can qualify for conventional 3%, not only do you have to bring less down, but it's also a stronger loan okay what i would be doing is if i'm a buyer that's maybe six nine twelve eighteen twenty four months out i would absolutely be talking to a lender now to go hey what do I need to qualify for conventional 3% down because that's going to put you in a heck of a lot better situation than if you have to go FHA um you know you're going to have to have your credit score up you're going to have to have a little bit of money in the bank you know find out what it's going to take to go conventional 3% because not only do you get to put less down but you also have a stronger loan uh behind you and you have a loan where the F- the uh PMI would eventually you know dissipate once you got to you know the 80% uh loan to value so I would absolutely at all costs try to talk to a lender about, you know, is it possible to go conventional uh, 3% down because it'll put you in a much better light in the long run, especially if you're in a multiple bid situation. Not to, let me let me be very clear, not to diss FHA or VA loans because they're there if we need them, but just my job is to try to get my my buyer in the best possible situation. And even though the market has calmed down a little bit, we are still seeing some multiple bid situations, not as crazy as it used to be, but we're still seeing a little bit of it. So if you can go, conventional. It's, it's what I encourage. Right. If you can if you can't, that's okay. If you can't, that's okay. But if you can I say, go for it. It's
0: the, it's the top tier. It's the best way to go. If, if it's, yes. you know, if you can do it, absolutely. Yes. Agreed. Uh, all right. Great. Um, Jason, uh, is waiting by the phone. Operators are standing by to take your call. If you will, the operator is Jason. <laughs> uh, you can reach out to Jason at 4638 or jason.wilcox at pittsburghmoves.com. While he stated at the beginning, he is not a a mortgage lender and everything like that, but he can put you in touch with the absolute best people. Jason only works with the best people people. So you give him a call, say, Jay, I'm thinking about doing this thing. Who's good to work with. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to do an introduction. He's going to do a referral and you know that you're going to be in great hands the whole way through the process. So get a hold of Jason right away. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned because we're coming up with a uh, part two of our series next week. All right. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you all on the next really real real estate podcast.